the Six Pointer Podcast. Welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Myself, Matthew Tyrrell, joined by my brother, Luke Tyrrell. Luke Tyrrell, how are you? Not too bad, mate. This is uh, take two, isn't it? Because we're recording this on the Sunday after the Arsenal Palace game. We did record one immediately after the game, but we had some technical difficulties. So we're, we're trying to do a, a quick uh, recap, as it were. Yeah, technical difficulties, aka you ballsed up the recording. True. So uh, we are here to talk to you today uh, about the Crystal Palace versus Arsenal uh, FC game. Uh, it took place yesterday, uh, one all, one apiece. Uh, Crystal Palace um, uh, coming back into it, uh, Jordan Ayew getting the all-important equaliser. And then fair to say Palace uh, could have gone on and, and won it with... Uh, playing against a 10-man Arsenal for around 20 minutes, I think, or so it was, of the second half. Um, but it's fair to say we didn't get off to a massively great start. Um, and there were a number of changes in the team, Luke. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, yeah, fair, 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 fair play point now. I think that Arsenal were undoubtedly the more dominant side in the first half. Uh, I think they got their goal after about 11 or 12 minutes, and it was uh, really what their display warranted. Um, a good... Uh, defence splitting pass I guess it was uh, that sort of took out uh, James Tompkins and Gary Cahill in the centre leaving Martin Kelly trying to scramble back to try and put a sliding tackle in on um, a Bamiang um, but it was a good finish in the end um, and yeah I, I think that the rest of the, the first half was pretty nondescript barring a, a bit of Czech Kuwati um, magic feat where he managed to sort of uh, dribble past a couple of players in the, in the edge of the box and get a shot away which Leno parried away but Apart from them, really was was Arsenal dominance. Um, and Roy obviously worked his magic okay, at half time, um, and we looked at a, a much better team in the second half. I thought. Yeah, just just on that Palace start. I mean, I think I said to you after about fifteen twenty minutes, we looked very sluggish, leggy to me. I, mean, I, I didn't know if there were a number of players out with tired legs. Should, shouldn't be the case given the last week's uh, rest, if you like rest. I guess in inverted commas, but. You know, there's a number of players out there who played consistently, played 90 minutes, aren't there? Um, obviously, Palace without Luka, Luka Milivojevic, uh, the start of his three-game suspension. Is, the, is that um, Palace were uh, contesting? They tried, they tried to appeal it, I think, but it was it failed. So, yeah, it's, it's, but it hasn't been increased, as far as I'm aware. It's still three games. Right, and I think fair, fair enough, it was, a, it was a sending off. Can't really um, contest that too far. Um, so yeah, I, th- I don't think we missed him particularly. We know, you know, we looked good in the middle. James McCarthy worked his socks off, and I think after the first twenty or so, I think of that tired-looking Palace. I think we both reflected that uh, Palace came back into it a bit more, uh, and kind of the first half sort of petered out. And so, like you say, second half, whether they got a Roy Rocket at half time or, or what happened, but Palace looked a, a lot better team second half, uh, pressing a lot higher. Uh, putting the Arsenal uh, defensive uh, grouping under a lot of strain and to be honest with you I felt they were very average Arsenal you know their front two um, very very strong clearly but defensively in particular I, I thought they were very very bang average and, and you know I can see why they've um, you know, there's a num- number of reasons but you can see looking at that back four in particular why they might have been struggling David Luiz how on earth he gets into a Premier League team um, and, I, and I felt that when we when we had the man advantage which you know from a, a quite a terrible tackle 
uh, we should have gone on and, um, and and finished it off. But uh, a good a good goal from Jordan Ayew to equalise. Good bit of um, a good bit of finishing. Although it did get a deflection, but we'll we'll take that all day long. Yeah, and it, it was it was I think what Palace deserved as well because like you say, Palace came back into the game in the second half, and I think we scored around the seventy-ish minute, sixty-five, seventy-minute mark. I think it might have been. Um, and it was it was almost coming, wasn't it? You could feel you could feel a Palace goal coming. Um, it was a ball, I think, over from Maya that he sort of hit quite hard into the middle. It was Czech, a free kick, wasn't it? Yeah, Czech Kuate, Kuate. Uh, I can't say his name, can I? Mm-hmm. Czech Kuate. Uh, just Czech. The, the, the big C. Uh, he um, he managed to sort of stifle the ball and, and stun the ball down for Jordan Ayew, who say hit hit the ball. I think he was going for the far left corner, which we probably would have gone in looking at it, um, but it got a big deflection off David Luiz that went over Leno then and gave him no chance. But shortly, very shortly after that, um, Max Meyer was on the ball on the right-hand side and he was tracking back towards his own half, um, skipped the ball past, uh, it was a banging gun, wasn't it? And... Uh, from from where we were, I I thought yeah it was just a late challenge, but it wasn't until obviously VAR got involved and we saw the replay on the big screen that it was it was a nasty challenge, wasn't it? It was late, it was high. Um, ankle breaker. It, it it could have been an ankle breaker, yeah. Um, but saying that, I, I don't know that I've ever felt the Palace really made use of the the, the one man advantage really. Yeah, I I felt. When when he got sent off, I thought that was it. You know, here we go. Let's push on and, and um, you know put them under some pressure. But we didn't really do that. That that was for me the disappointing uh, part of, of yesterday. It was pleased to see Roy react immediately to that. Obviously, Maya got absolutely clattered, and you know I I had a terrible on his ankle. But I don't know if that was why he went off or not. But I've also felt tactically we need to change it. I'm not sure Maya really worked again yesterday. You know, we talked about it lots on this podcast about how he hasn't quite delivered against the. Uh, the signing, the the sort of the label that he's got, and and particularly the wage, um, uh, the wages that we understand he's under, um, and and he seems a bit of a player that Palace can't really afford to have, a luxury people might say, um, in in the squad. But you know he he, he did okay yesterday. Just just no final sort of product. But I think it was the right thing to do to be bringing Chink Tucson. Senk Tolson, sorry, uh, on so on loan from Everton for the rest of the season, um, and he put himself about. He looks strong, doesn't he? You know, and it, and it made us had us gave us a bit more attacking prowess, if you like, albeit as you say, not enough quite to to get the second goal. And I can't really remember too many chances. And indeed, it was it was uh, Gaeta keeping us in it actually at the other end, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, going back to your point about about Mayo, obviously we don't overread the pudding and, and, and go on about how um, effective or ineffective he's been. Um, but yeah, props to Roy for making the change when he did, like you say. And Sengtonson came on. I think he did. I think he did okay. I mean, it was difficult. I think because Arsenal were then just gonna try and stifle the game and, and, and see it out for a point, which which I think both teams were probably in the end very happy with. Um, but he, he did okay. I mean, he he sort of got stuck in. I see him sort of um, putting a few um, nudges into David Luiz, and you know David Luiz was was complaining to the referee a fair bit. And I mean, I, I don't know if you want to mention the bit where you lost your head at the end of the game, but we'll come back to that later. But um, yeah, you mentioned uh, Vicente Guaita or Guaita, sorry. Um, it was a Pepe shot, I think, was it? It hit off, hit the post, came back to Guaita. Well, he actually put it onto the post. He, 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 he didn't, yeah, you're right. Sorry, the, the slow motion replays show it was a really good save. Um, put it onto the post um, and collected it at the second chance of asking as well. Um, he, he really, he, he, you know, we've got him to thank again for uh, us coming away with something from the game, I think. Um, so, yeah, I think um, there was another point there which I, I was 
going to make, which I've um, I've lost my train of thought. So Matthew, back to you. As you said about me losing my head, I think I, I got a bit, uh, I got a bit wound up tonight in in the final moments. I think we did, it was like it was yeah, right at the sort of the dying moments of the game when Palace had a free kick and and David Louis decided to run to the halfway line from from his own box to. Uh, to replace the ball, and oh, I, I just, back, I just felt the referee. It was, it was sort of consistent with the referees. Um, I don't like to go on about referees' performances, but it, it, you know, it, yesterday's was of note that I think he he ruined the game from the first minute as a contest because you know the first challenge that went in, he decided to blow up for it, and that set the tone for the whole game. Um, and you know it wasn't surprising me they sent it off actually because the way he managed that game or maybe didn't manage the game um, meant that meant that you know someone was always going to be on the edge on a tightrope and it, it, it just generally it broke the game up way too much and I think also Arsenal played to that didn't they they, they broke it up a lot you know like, like we said they had possession in the first 20 minutes or so and really controlled the game and bossed it but then after that it was very bitty and they certainly played to it and particularly to see out for the point but yeah I, I just I just I got very frustrated at the end there because the ref Referee should be dealing with that moment. He shouldn't be letting another player from the opposition team run um, and just pick the ball up and push it back a few yards just because he decides that's not where the challenge was. The referee had the, the chance to do that before uh, that moment and he didn't do it. So that's it. Let's move on. So um, that was disappointing. But I think I think you know we we, we take the point, respect the point, as they say. Um, you know, if you said at the start of the game, you know, would you take a point? We'd have both said yes. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Um interesting point you make about the referee yeah I mean I think I made that point to you a couple of, a couple of minutes into the game that you know it, 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 I think I turned to you and said it's going to be one of those games isn't it stop start stop start because he was just blowing up for everything every little thing whereas I think you know we, I think sometimes we forget it's a London derby and it's, it's going to be a little bit niggly and the ref really needs to let the game flow a little bit and let a few tackles go um, obviously step in when he needs to but yeah it, it did sour the, the the flow of the game slightly but I mean we mentioned obviously that we, we were happy with a point and it, it might say it seem a strange thing to say given the fact we're playing 10 men but I think that's mainly because our main man our main outlet Wilfred Zahar really wasn't on form yesterday um, I think Arsenal did really well in putting maintenance Niles on him um, and I said to you he really doesn't fancy it against him because I don't think he can do him for pace and there was a moment where I think in the second half he came towards us and he tried to take it past him and, and it was a good good tackle it was a Wambasaka like tackle wasn't there and I think Wolf was just too scared that trying to take him on and, and failing maybe because of you know all the talk in the summer um, it being against Arsenal maybe that was on his mind and he didn't want to sort of make take too many risks but I think credit to Arsenal they nullified our attacking threat pretty, pretty well yesterday Yeah I think it's fair to say that Wolf wasn't really at the race yesterday was he for whatever reason he didn't seem to want to take uh, the full back on too much he didn't seem to really want the ball he was pretty quickly giving the ball uh, whenever he did receive it and, and that, that that again like you say it's a, it's a good point to make because again another reason to take the point because you know we, we weren't in that respect on form I thought defensively we did well Gary Cowell had a few shaky moments fed to say Riederwald was really good yesterday yeah. I think uh, him and James McCarthy were for me the standout players yeah, and James MacArthur was always round about, we say about 25 kilometres. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, Roy's certainly got a team who will who will work their socks off for him and, and for the fans and for the club. Um, and it was good to see. Another point to make yesterday as well, I thought the atmosphere was pretty good considering it was an early kickoff. We, 
we sort of uh, neither of you neither you nor I are a fan of the early kickoffs. Saturday three o'clock is when football should be played. Take a night game in the week now and then, but um, Saturday was it twelve thirty? Is it's not a nice time to play. But fair fair play to both sets of fans for coming out and getting behind their their sides because um, it certainly made for a better contest um, than it than it well could have been. Um, so I think that probably wraps up our uh, our views, our points on the on the first half. Luke, we have a special guest for part two. The first half of the podcast, you mean, not first half of the game. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> not, not just talking about that. Yeah, no, uh, after the break, we will have uh, Arsenal season ticket holder and a lifelong fan, uh, Guy Anker, who's going to give us his uh, views on the uh, current Arsenal situation in general, as well as obviously talking about his viewpoint from the from the game yesterday, uh, yesterday or it will be Monday when this goes out, so on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to get his viewpoint, um, see how he saw the game. Um, I know there's been a bit of contention around, I think, match of the day last night. Danny Murphy said it wasn't a red card. It'd be interesting to see what our Arsenal fans' view was. I mean, like, from what I've seen and what everyone said, it looks like a pretty obvious red that that was to me. So it'd be interesting to see his views, that's for sure. Also, particularly, you know, my, my, my comment a minute ago that I didn't think that they were that great. I'd be interested to see if that reflects their performances this season. Mm. Uh, and whether the kind of the new manager bounce has or hasn't happened, uh, they've had a few games now, I believe, since he's had two wins already. I think he has. Yeah, they had the leads going the first half. Was clearly, you know, from from what I saw and what I've read, more than up to it. But it'd be interesting to see uh, what he thinks about um, the, the the game on on Saturday and, and whether Arsenal were or weren't at the races. Bar bar that twenty minute uh, period. So I look forward to to hearing his views there. Yeah. Luke, thanks very much. Uh, good to talk as always. Uh, stay tuned for part two, and we'll catch you again soon. Hello and welcome back to the Six Pointer Podcast. I'm very pleased to be joined by Arsenal fan Guy Anker. Guy, thank you for your time this morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Good man, good man. So um, it'd be obviously a good opportunity to have an Arsenal fan's view on uh, the game on Saturday. Um, but before we do that, it would be useful just for our listeners to hear a bit about you, you know, how long you've been supporting Arsenal. I understand you've got a season ticket. Might be nice to hear about your first game and I guess a very brief overview of your Arsenal supporting career. I can tell you my first game, April 1987, a 2-1 win against Charlton. Is it, is it bad for me to say that was before I was born as well? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was very lucky actually because the first Arsenal thing I can ever remember was my dad forcing me to watch the 1987 Littlewoods Cup semi-final against Tottenham. Right. We lost the first leg 1-0, that was on TV, watch that. I remember the second leg um, like waking up in the morning because it was a evening game. Mm. Um, did we win? And we did, but it went to a replay and we won the replay and we won the cup that year. And then a week after the final against Liverpool, which we won, I saw my first game. So that is how many years ago? 32? Nearly 33 I'm years ago. 33 now, am I? I'm 33? I, I don't know how old am I? Yeah, about 32, 33 years old now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's, yeah. I was very lucky because basically that's when we started getting good. Well, I was going to say that's that's a hell of a. If you, I mean, from my knowledge of of sort of Arsenal, I mean, obviously I was born in '87, so I vaguely remember, very very vaguely, and probably mostly from high. You probably don't remember '87, do you? <laughs> no, no, I don't. But I'm, I'm, I remember obviously the the, the Liverpool game was at '89 or '90. '89. Um, '89. Oh. Wasn't it? Yeah, there was that, and and then oh, there yeah. was a lull for a few years before Wenger came in, and there was obviously the Premier League titles again. Um, we sent Palace down one, yeah. 
Yeah, we won't, we won't talk about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> well, this no, was just Arsenal for now. <laughs> but yeah, let's not talk about Ian Wright breaking our hearts. Um, but yeah, Champions League exploits. I mean, Wenger overview, the, 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 the move to the new stadium. So, I mean, it's been a hell of a, hell of a journey, really, isn't it, over the last 30 years, hasn't it? And I guess it's been very entertaining as well as an Arsenal fan as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously now is a bit of a strange, it's a transitional moment with yeah. Arteta. None of us quite know what's going to happen, but he's, he's, there's certainly some green shoots there. It's a difficult period, but I wouldn't have changed anything over the last 30 years. I've seen, I don't know how many doubles I've seen. Mm. I've seen a lot. I've been all, all the cup finals. The only one I missed was the one last season because it was in Baku. And right. I wasn't prepared to spend the best part of 1,500 quid for a friendly atmosphere, which is what it turned out to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been to Copenhagen for two finals, Paris for two. Countless Wembley, Cardiff finals. It's been it's been a good, very good thirty three years. Yeah, and you've been a season ticket holder for since ninety three. Okay, ninety three, ninety four was my first season, I think. So both Highbury and the Emirates. Yeah. How would you compare the two stadiums? Because I'm a bit of a groundhopper. Oh. I like it. So how how would you compare the two? I think he's right. We've never won anything at the Emirates. Okay. We actually won trophies at Highbury, as in. We won that game to win the league against yes. Everton in, what was that, 98, I think it was. Mm. So Highbury has those moments that you can't beat. The Tony Adams one where he ran through and scored. Exactly. Him, Put yeah. through by Steve Bold, would yeah. you believe it, all yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Highbury was amazing. Absol- absolutely amazing. It is, I had a friend of mine who's a Chelsea fan, season ticket holder. He said to me, I love going to Highbury. Because it's such a traditional ground, but yeah, Top it's ground. nice. Yeah. They invested in Highbury, so it was traditional. But good seats, good facilities, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was comfortable. Not as comfortable as the Emirates. I mean, the Emirates is a superb stadium. Mm. It is utterly brilliant. I was, I was amazed even the away, away section, you've got padded seats. Yeah. Like, not, not that you lose, use them as a, as a way fan, obviously you stand up, but still. It was, it was and, it's, and it's the space. You go, I've been to places like QPR where you are literally like this. It's a shoebox, like, isn't it? QPR, yeah. yeah. Can't move, can't yeah. breathe. <laughs> you score, you're like, you can't actually jump up because you're sort of crammed in with the person next to you. Especially if you're in the upper tier, it's like watching through a letterbox as well, isn't it? It's like <laughs> yeah, you can't, in the upper tier, you can't see the, um, the goal line properly yeah. unless you're right at the front because yeah. people, they haven't got the gradient right, have they? No. I love Selhurst Park. I'm not just saying this, by the way, because we're talking here. But um, I love the atmosphere in the Arthur Way. I haven't been for a few years. I didn't go this weekend because I no longer, I no longer have enough credits to, yeah. to get away tickets for those sorts of matches, which is really annoying. Mm-hmm. Because when I was in my 20s, I was home and away every week. In the, the year, what was it, 98, 99, I missed four games all season, including European away games. Wow. I'm a million miles off that, a million miles off that now. Yeah. Um, and now it's a struggle. I mean, going to Tottenham and Chelsea away is just not even, I'm not even, can't even consider it, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. We, we, the, only, the only away games I get to go to now are cup games where you get a, a big allocation. I mean, if, if you could, would you? Or is it a case that in fact you've got older, you've got more responsibilities now and you know, families I, and things like that, so that, that gets in the way a bit now? Or? I certainly would have gone to Palace. Yes, I wouldn't, there's no way I could keep up the 99 run. Yeah. But I was at university, I think it was my second year at university, and you know, I, did, I did care at university, but I, the type of degree I had, I had some spare time. Mm. Um, I would, yeah, I would, I would love to have gone in on Saturday. That's the thing about Palace is, it's a proper old ground, isn't it? Proper, and that Arthur White, the atmosphere in there. I can remember going to a game there. I can't remember if it was Palace or Wimbledon. I think it was Palace. It was the mid-90s. And Ian Wright was suspended or injured. 
I can remember him sitting with the Arsenal fans. Right. And I just, the story of you to see, yeah. And we won the game 3 0. I think it was Palace. I think, I think it was Chris Romney who got a couple of goals that day. And um, I just remember that buzzing that, that day. Mm. Buzzing. Mm. And it's, it's probably been a good 10 years since I've been there, but I, I always used to love the. It hasn't Liverpool. changed much, I can tell you that. <laughs> but behind the scenes, it has. I mean, obviously, since, since we've been promoted to the Premier League back in 2013 now. Uh, you can almost call Palace an established Premier League club now, which is quite a scary thing. To you are, I mean, and, to be certain. and going going to Palace is a hard game. Yeah, you know, you know, on Saturday, it was a good result for us. Yeah, yeah. you know, with ten men for what was it, to a third of the game mm-hmm. or a quarter of the game, um, it's a decent result one all at Palace these days. Because um, yeah. you are a good side. You've got Zaha, who's dangerous. Ayu's a good striker. I really rate Gary Cahill. Gary Cahill has been amazing. I, I, I'm I'm surprised because there was rumours that it was a cho- Arsenal had a choice between Louise and Cahill, wasn't it? And obviously Louise cost money, and Cahill was on a free. I appreciate signing on fees, things like that. But at the same time, I, I don't, I can't really understand why that choice was made by Arsenal. Some, um, something tells me Arteta would have gone the other way. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, especially given Louise's uh, performance on Saturday, I didn't really think he was up to much at all. Um, but I mean, we, we sort of strolled into to the game, so we might as well carry on. Yeah, anyway. yeah. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I said before the game, I'd snap your arm off for a point because just because of Palace's injuries crisis, we've got eight first team players out injured. Um, Arsenal would seem seemingly had that new manager bounce. I think obviously, up aside from the first half against Leeds in the, in the cup, you know, had some decent performances and two wins under him. Now was it? Yeah, beat United, beat Leeds. Lost to Chelsea, drew with Bournemouth. Right, yeah. So it's, it's, it's not a bad start for yeah. him, c- considering what he in, inherited. And I think probably more the atmosphere among the fans is, is what I've heard is, mm. has really changed. I mean, have you noticed a, a, a tangible difference? Yeah. I really noticed it against Leeds because if that was Emery or Wenger mm. at half time, they get booed off. Um, no, one got, no, no one was booing at half time. I mean, Leeds outplayed us. Um, I think Arteta said the energy was missing, the application was missing. And that's been the problem with Arsenal, I think, for about a decade. Right. It's been a club where it's been easy. It's, if you have a bad game, oh, don't worry, it's okay. It feels like that sort of atmosphere. It feels like Arteta, you know, I don't want to get too carried away, but it feels early signs are that that's changing. Okay. Um, something tells me under Hodgson, he wouldn't let Palace get away with that. No. Lack of energy, lack, lack, lack of attitude. I love watching. Yeah, I mean, I mean e- even after the game, his comments about Aubameyang was just spot on. You know, he, he, Mourinho would have turned that into a spat, <laughs> and he went, "Look, you know, there's, there's no question he didn't mean any harm," and that's how you completely diffuse a situation. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think Roy is always very respectful and, and a lot of Arsenal fans I know like Roy because one he, he always refers to Arsenal as the Arsenal still which is quite an old fashioned sort of thing to do um, and you know he was talking I think after the game as well and he still considers Arsenal to be a top four slash top six club which they are you know when they're on form um, obviously not probably of late I think you're sitting in a 10th position at the moment below the mighty Crystal Palace, but yeah. um, it's a long season anyway. It's so incredibly it's tight. How clo- it's, close it, it is! I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, we, we look, look at it. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not looking, by the way. Okay, you you're I refuse to look at the. Le- <laughs> you're looking at league table. I'm not looking at it. I'm sorry. You you, you can tell me what's on it. <laughs> but it, no, you're right. It is it is incredibly tight from sort of 
fifth down to, I mean, even sort of thirteenth. It's it's yeah. it, there's there's what eight seven eight points in it. It's it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's the tightest I, I, I've ever seen it. But for Crystal Palace to be on twenty nine points after at this stage, you know, I mean, we're talking literally where nine points away from safety. And surely you're not thinking that way. I know. I, I am. I am. Really? I, I'm. Not, I'm, I'm as pragmatic as Roy in the sense that I'm thinking, let's just get to the 40 point, 30, 39, I think it's probably going to be 38 points this year, get to that stage and then we'll see what happens. It also depends on what happens in January. Um, but no, yeah, very much get us safe and then, and then we'll see what we can do. A bit like Roy under Fulham, you know, he, he, he was very much that mentality when you got him into the Europa League that year, it was get them safe and then push on and see how far we can, we, we can get high up the table. But going back to the game, um, I felt that, um, at the risk of uh, repeating myself and what I said earlier in the first half of the podcast, that Arsenal were really dominant in the first half and, and, and played some, some really good stuff. Um, the goal which came after about sort of 11, 12 minutes was a, a typical Arsenal goal, wasn't it? A lovely it was free-flowing move. Uh, lovely goal. I mean, that, that first touch by Bamiyang, mm. because it's a great ball, it's a good move. Great ball. It's like Lacazette, I think, friend that yep. threw, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. got to be perfect, that first touch, because if he gets that wrong, he either overruns it, or he sort of gets caught in his feet and he gets tackled. It's just per- at that speed, running at that speed, you know, it was for me that's what made the goal. Yeah. The finish to some extent when you got a player of that quality was easy. Mm. Of course, it's not easy, but you know what I mean. For a player of that quality, it was a lovely goal. Yeah, 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 and and, and like we touched on before the pod as well, to beat uh, probably the best Spanish goalkeeper in the league in Vicente Guaita at the moment is no. <laughs> so, not so, David yeah. de Gea. No, not David de Gea. Vicente Guaita is definitely pushing for the, uh, the the number one Spanish uh, kit, I think. But um, yeah, I, I think apart from that, the, the, the first half it was it was mainly just Arsenal dominance. Um, not too many chances really created. Um, but you got a sense that Arsenal and, and both Crystal Palace were sort of looking forward to half time really to, to, to sort of to get in. Um, and Roy managed to sort of to, to g the boys up, and we came out ten minutes afterwards and got uh, an equalising goal, which um, I felt is what Palace deserved. To be honest with you, I thought we came out with real sort of um, energy. Um, and whilst you may say there was a, a bit of fortune in the goal, we got about um, seventeen deflections off Louise, didn't it? It was, yeah. I, but I, I maintain, if you look at that shot, that, that was Jordan Ayew Curley. Was, was it, it going in? I think it was because he hit it low and hard and, and, and sort of curled it. I think it was probably it had to go through a, a number of players, so the keeper probably would have been unsighted anyway. But yeah, the deflection made made, made sure there was no chance for Leno whatsoever. Because yeah, it just spun everywhere, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, David Luiz I think got a, got a heel to it and it just bounced up and down, um, and then after that I guess there was the, the main talking part of the game in, in VAR. So I'd be really interested in your view on this because you've been at, uh, at games where VAR has been used um, this season, um, and so have I. But you were watching this game on telly. I was watching it in the stadium. One of my main frustrations about VAR, I don't want to go too much into it, but is that. The fan in the stadium is shortchanged in this situation because you're not really given much information. Something's flashed up on the screen, but until a decision is made, you've really got no idea what's going on. Mm. However, you're watching at home, the commentator's talking you through, oh, they're looking at this, and it might be because of this, this, and that, and the other. For me, I just thought, oh, it was a late challenge. I didn't really think, you know, because it was far enough away from me, it was on the halfway line, I was behind the other goal. Um, couldn't really see much, so I was surprised when the red card was shown. 
but then VAR shows on the, on the screen the tackle and there was like a collective groan around the stadium and you saw, oof, bloody hell, I mean, there wasn't any malice in it, like you say, it was just late, missed time, yeah, but it was a, I think it was a red. It's interesting because the first reaction of the, I think it's Peter Walton who BT Sport uses the, the um, referee summarise right. was, yeah, he's got that right, it's the other card. That was his first reaction. <laughs> I, it's one of those where I'm not going to argue with a red, not going to argue. But I don't think anyone would have, if, if, he, if the yellow had stayed, I don't think anyone would have gone, God, that's a howler. It's one of those because it's a bad tackle. Mm-hmm. But that's what yellow cards are for, they're for bad tackles. Sure. Um, he hasn't gone in studs up. Mm-hmm. The studs have caught him, but what I mean is, I'm doing the action now, yeah. sort of the studs into your shin yes, sort of with that force. He hasn't gone two-footed. He hasn't sort of gone in at 100 miles an hour. It's a bad tackle, don't it's, get me wrong. It's mistimed, it's isn't it? Yeah. For me, it's a yellow or a red. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and we, we, could, we could sit here all day debating whether it's yellow or red, and you'd probably get 50 people and 30 would go one way and 20 would go the other. It's more VAR, it's, it's more the, no, it's not VAR, it's not the technology, it's the, it's the, the, way, the way it's implemented mm-hmm. is the problem. You have no idea. In this situation, it's basically just one person's opinion against another. Yes. The referees thought one thing, the other referees thought another. Mm-hmm. And why doesn't the referee go and have a look? Can't the referee referee the game? The worst VAR decision all season for me was in the Arsenal Palace game at the Emirates. We had a goal ruled out yes, by late, that. Late, late goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Late goal. Yeah. First of all, like you say, no one on the ground has a clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. I actually, I can remember when Chambers I can remember the incident. I'm, I'm the other end of the pitch to that, mm. but, but I'm quite high up, so I can see what's going on. And my first reaction was penalty. Oh, it's goal, doesn't matter, bang. Everyone goes to the halfway line, boom, we've won, well, not won the game, there's like eight minutes to go or something, we're three, yeah. two up. And then you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, it's overturned, you sit back on TV and you're like, really? Really? Mm. And nobody, possibly apart from some Storch Palace fans, but even then I haven't heard any Storch Palace fans say this, nobody thought it was a foul. No. Um, and that, that's not VAR, that's, that's somebody's opinion. Yes. It's the opinion of an individual who's watched a, you know, a screening of something and thought, the only person that thought it was a foul, thought it was a foul. Um, and it, 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 I don't know why the referee on the day is not making a decision. Like happened, and actually it was your game, wasn't it, in the Cup? The Derby game was the first no. time in English football where they, they've gone over and looked at it. Well done, Michael, Michael Oliver, wasn't it? Very well done, Michael so. Oliver. So, I mean, my understanding of what I've heard behind that was that I think in the world, we've, we've seen a, a big difference from how it was implemented in the, in, in the Women's World Cup or, or the World Cup, you know, um, in the sense that every decision the referee went and looked at the screen. And I think it's Mike Riley, who's head of the PGML, has actually. Don't talk to me about Mike Riley. He, he ended our 49 iron game. 49 oh, okay. game on beaten run. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> okay, right. But he, I mean, he's, he is the chair or the CEO of the PGML at the moment. And it, it, apparently, his, his uh, advice to referees in the Premier League was only look at the screen if absolutely necessary because it will make the delay even longer. I mean, the, for example, that, that, that decision on the weekend, the red card. It took them two and a half minutes to make that decision. I don't know why. It was, you know, as soon as someone sees a replay, they can make the decision. I, d- I don't know why it takes two and a half minutes, but how many times c- can you watch that? It was, it was a, a, probably a, a four, five second clip. How many times are you watching that in two and a half minutes I to think, make that decision? I think because on that one, you could have gone either way. You can't argue with the red, 
but I don't think you'd argue with the yellow either. Mm. I think I think I think that's a debatable decision. Yeah, yeah, no, so it certainly is. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if the rules are different in the FA Cup. That's why that happened. But for me, I would rather there be a slightly longer delay, and the referee looks at the screen because I feel that one of the one of the drawbacks of VAR is that it's undermining the referee to an extent because the referee's the man on, on the pitch who's supposed to be refereeing the game and what he says goes. If you've got someone else saying to him, you know, or oh, this, that and the other, they're making the decision for him. Rather than saying to him, well, this looks like this, why don't you go have a look and make your own judgment? And then it keeps the referee's credibility intact almost mm-hmm. because then he has the respect of the players because it's his decision. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so yeah, it's something I, I wonder if we're seeing more of, and, and there certainly needs to be tweaks to, in terms of VAR, in terms of offside rules and things like that. But it's yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a minefield to go into, I guess. The biggest thing for me is not knowing whether, whether it's a goal or not. Yeah. I mean, because goal goes in, your first ball hits back of the net in the old old days, nine months ago. Ball hits the net, you a quick, mini millisecond glimpse at the lines. Yeah. Is there a flag? No, right, celebrate, go yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that now, no. to some extent. You can if you score maybe a penalty or a free kick from the edge of the box that goes in. Well, even a penalty, we've seen Croach and that, haven't we? And, and keepers off their lines and, and, and well, mostly... Sp- but if it goes in, if it goes in, you know it's a goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if someone shoots from 25 yards and it flies in the top corner, it's going to almost certainly going to be a goal. But you, you, you don't always know if it's a goal. Mm. We had a ridiculous one against Brighton where David Luiz scores... He looked offside, linesman flag doesn't go up. Again, I'm the other end of the pitch, got no idea how close it was. Yeah. Replay show he's clearly offside, he's about two or three yards offside, which we all thought. But there's no indication from the on-field officials whether, hang on a minute, it could well be offside. So mm. I, what I'd like to see them do in that situation is, let's use that, free kick comes in, Louise bang, goal. Linesman keeps his flag down to allow the goal to go in. But the moment it's gone in, put your flag up to say, hey, so it doesn't stop the play. At least it alerts the, um, the crowd, hang on, this is probably not a goal. Yeah, they're going to have a look at this, yeah. yeah. And what I liked was, I, I think it was watching the, the Liverpool-Chelsea Super Cup game. I seem to remember, if, let, let's say, striker goes through on goal, um, is it offside, is it not? Linesman keeps his flag down to allow the play to happen. Shot. If it goes to a corner and the linesman thought it was offside, you actually put your flag up. Yeah. Because first of all, you're stopping an unfair corner. But you keep the flag down to allow the play to go on, fine. But then put your flag up if it was offside, if you think it was offside. So you, you bring the play back to where it should have been. But if it goes in the back of the net, you're also allowing the crowd, you're alerting the crowd to say it's probably not a goal. Mm. Um, look, I personally wouldn't have VAR. Like, I'm trying to think of ways around it. But I just think that it spoils the experience too much for it to be worth it. There's probably been a few decisions that we had one against United where we had a goal wrongly ruled out for offside. Aubameyang was miles onside yeah. and unfortunately VAR gave it. So I'm arguing against my team having an extra point there because we got a point out of that. But um, I think overall, most decisions they get right anyway. Yeah. I, don't know, I, I think probably the most contentious decisions have been on offside, haven't they? There's been armpit gate and the elbow gate and all this nonsense, isn't there? It, it, I mean, I think that's mainly because the rule of offside was written when it was 
it was visual it was it was someone looking at it and now we're dealing in millimeters and whatever it was the rule needs to be changed you know um long gone are the days of um the, the front man gets advantage or daylight and all this sort of stuff it's i mean when, when an armpit or a, an elbow can be offside i mean you can't even score a goal with an elbow so how can that be how can that be offside you know it's 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 it's, it's very silly to me but um on on, on the subject of referees I'd, I'd be interested to get your view on this because i felt that the ref didn't spoil the game on Saturday, but he was very quick to give uh, soft decisions, I think. He set a precedent, I think, in the first couple of minutes where he gave a couple of soft decisions. And that made the game very, very stop, start, stop, start. And I think especially in the London derby, and you know, sometimes I have to remind myself that Arsenal Palace is a London derby because of the goal between the two clubs. But um, you, you need to allow those sort of games to flow a bit. And there needs to be a few harsh mm. tackles that you just say oh fair enough they still got possession of the ball you know play on that sort of thing um, however saying that I think once Arsenal went down to 10 men um, that played into their hands quite well because there was a lot of sort of niggly fouls and things like that and Arsenal tried to break up the play quite well which they did really well I felt yeah I thought we were very good with 10 men I thought our best period of the game was the first half of the first half yeah. and the second half of the second half yeah yeah you know, no, that, I agree. I agree. You know, and we we were the closest. We nearly won it, didn't we? Mm. With the Pepe, Pepe shot, Pepe great shot. save that by, the, by the second best yeah. Spanish goal. Now, joking. <laughs> it, it was, was very wasn't good it? Save. Is it amazing as well? Because I didn't even notice until I saw the highlights. I matched the day later on that evening. I didn't realise because that was done the other end to me. I didn't realise that was a save uh, initially. Well, you, that you, you couldn't even tell on TV. You had to see the barely, replay. Yeah, you could barely take it. And then obviously, I think it was. Um, Lacazette who followed up and he sort of smothered the ball yeah. there as well. But he made it impossible for Lacazette to score. He was yeah. so quick. It wasn't just a save. He could have saved it and just dallied for a split second and Lacazette taps it in. Yeah. But he makes it impossible because you and I are sitting, what, a foot from each other. That's how close he was to Lacazette. Yeah. Yeah. You can't lift it. Yeah. You, you, you can't get around it at that stage. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, no, I, I think... Given the, the fact that you know Arsenal were the better team in, in, in the first half and that they were down to 10 men, would you be or are you happy with a point about that or do you, or do you think that it was a missed opportunity? It was a, had it been 11 against 11, it was a missed, a missed opportunity because I think we, we were the over the let, let's what minute was like uh, what, um, about me uh, sent off 60, middle of the 60s yeah, about, tw about 20, 25 yeah, so, so yeah. the first two thirds of the game, I think we were marginally the better team. Um, <laughs> And with that firepower up front, you'd think Palace might tire towards the end. I'd probably have been disappointed with the points, if I'm honest, because I thought we played well. We, we certainly as a, dominated the first 25 minutes. We restricted Palace to... You, you had the goal, which was a freak deflection, and you yeah. had that There's, header off the line. And, yeah, Czech Cuite in the first half had a little chance that uh, Leno parried as well. Yeah, but... It was, but, it was a bit of a half chance. But it? what I mean is, there were, you didn't have any clear sights of goal. No. So I thought we defended quite well. I know you didn't rate David Luiz, but I thought he was actually very good for us on crosses and anything into the box. He won so many headers. Maybe it's funny, you, you always watch the games. When you analyse players' performances, depending on who you support, you probably look at it in a slightly different way. Yeah, fair play. Um, and, but, 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 but to answer your question, given we went down to 10, I was happy with the point. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, um, Palace will take points, and they have taken points off good teams this season. And Palace yeah. are a good team, yeah. but they've taken points off other good teams, so it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, and we've got Man City on Saturday as well, so uh, I expect, I, I expect uh, another three points. To start. We, we were the only team to, uh, to win at the Etihad away last season. Um, <laughs> bless you. No, you. It was, it was, that must be an allergic reaction to Palace winning. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, nice easy result there. But um, I mean, I guess looking forward, I mean, I take it you're optimistic then for Arsenal for the rest of the season, given Arteta in, in charge. And do you think he's going to be given any sort of money to spend in, in January? I'm um, optimistic. To improve the squad? Um, I, I honestly don't know. I think we, we badly need another centre-back. Um, yeah. You know. My, one point my brother made was that Arsenal going forward looked brilliant, but defensively looked a bit suspect on, on, on Saturday. Really? I thought it was the opposite. Really? I, th- I agree with him as an overall. I thought defensively we looked quite good. We dealt with all your high balls. I thought up front, no one could trap the ball. Lacazette, everything was bouncing off Lacazette. Mm. And Walcott was, sorry Pepe, that was, a, that, was a, that was a deliberate slip by the way, because he played like Walcott. Yeah. Like he wouldn't take the ball with him, it would just bounce off him. It was like, it was like having a Theo back. I love Theo, but... Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lacazette, the ball was bouncing off him. Bamiang obviously scored. Urza wasn't was non-existent. Yeah. But I thought behind them, I thought Torreira was excellent. I thought Jacker played well. I thought the back four did well. And the keeper didn't have much to do. Maitland Niles was very good, and I felt yes. I felt I felt that he nullified Wilf to Har very well. And a, a point I made to my brother as well that I felt that Wilf knew. I mean, Wilf's been carrying a knock. Um, but he knew that he couldn't do him for pace and there was a couple of times where he tried to do it and, 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 got, and got tackled so um, I thought he really he, he dealt with him really well maybe that was also in, in Wolf's mind as well given what happened in the summer um, he didn't want to he's show himself awesome. up he's an Arsenal fan isn't he he is yeah so uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting but, but yeah just, 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 just to wrap up then what, what, are your, what are your thoughts then for, for Arsenal for the rest of the season um, I think our, all our eggs are in the Europa League basket really I think we need to finish We've got to finish top six. Right. Got to. It'd be just ridiculous with that squad if we don't. I think we will, because I think it's all about attitude and application at the moment with Arsenal. In terms of finishing top six, what, you know, in terms of, you know, we need a centre back, we need maybe a central midfielder, we probably need another forward. That's in terms of chat, that's, that's going further. But, you know, Arsenal have never finished outside the top six since I don't know when. Mm. Probably 95 was probably the last time. Wow. Um, and this squad is good enough to finish in the top three, I think. But I think in terms of ability, but football's not just about ability. No. Football's about application, attitude, energy, you know. Luck. <laughs> luck. I think Arteta will, will sort that out. Yeah. But he's got a long way to go to get Arsenal back to where we were. I say back to where we were. It's been a decade mm-hmm. since we properly challenged for the title. The only part of the noughties, we had some seasons where, you know, the league table shows that we didn't challenge, but we did. Yeah. But we just fell off, off a cliff in April, May, because mm-hmm. there was just no bottle in that team. I can remember a game at Liverpool, uh, uh, sorry, against Liverpool, the Emirates. We were, I don't know, four or five points off United with about five or six games to go. We got a penalty in the 97th minute, scored. We conceded a penalty. <laughs> A Boué pushed yeah, yeah, a kite and what an idiot. And that's been our story. It's, it's, been, it's been upstairs in the mind mm-hmm. that it hasn't been right for about a decade. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got, I've got no ill feelings towards Arsenal, so fingers crossed you, you can do well. I mean, you're not a competitor to Crystal Palace, so uh, you can go up and, and, and do your thing in the top half of the stay, uh, table and hopefully Palace can push to, uh, to, to break into that top half. Well, you guys are going great. As I said, you know, it's a compliment to Palace that a seasoned Arsenal fan says, you know, a point's a, a good result. Yeah. And it was a good result because you're a good team. Yeah, brilliant. All right, excellent, guy. Well, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Take care. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh-huh.